Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line, live from downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. We are not Stormy nor Michael. This is a fun exercise we've done in the past, Jonathan Von Tobel. Yes. You're often confused for Stormy. I, yeah, we look very... It's the similar. blue eyes. Definitely. That's what we'll go with. Mm-hmm. That's definitely what we'll go with. JVT is here. I'm Ben Wilson. L.A. Bowman, our producer behind the glass. Big NBA day. Big reason why we have you here. Not just... That, but. I was going to say, not because I'm good at my job or anything. <laughs> but, but no, we're talking to NBA playoffs with our senior NBA betting analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll have some NHL talk, full breakdown of the NFL draft now that we get that postmortem Monday with the draft all wrapped up. On the show today, Thomas Gable, as he joins pretty much every Monday, Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata on the East Coast. Von Dalzell, who's been a frequent contributor here on VEASAN, betting analyst with NBC Sports Edge, joins us a little bit later this hour as well. And then we'll get the whole draft breakdown in hour number two. Thor Nystrom from Betting Pros stops by with his draft grades and our Monday tradition. Mike Pritchard, VEASAN host, stops by at 1.30 on the East Coast. So we'll get into full draft thoughts coming up in a little bit, JVT. But NBA playoffs. Right. Wow. Game seven yesterday, Steph Curry just goes off. And as soon as we were all, we were kind of doing the whole thing. I kind of felt like we got ahead of ourselves a little bit. Like, oh boy, this could be the 23-year revenge tour for the Kings, Kings Lakers. And then Steph Curry said, um, I'm still here, guys. Yeah. I, I'm still I'm still like the title crown trophy holder. Yeah, I think, look, I, I mean, I think it was rightfully so that people were getting excited about Sacramento. This was a series that, remember, opened up, what, minus 290 in some spots. Yeah. Before it began, and that was clearly a series price that was wrong. Uh, this was a Kings team that is a lot more adequate than you realize. And also, I mean, I would argue, we'll talk about the future, you know, in the offseason. One dominant wing piece away from being a very competitive team uh, in the NBA, like in terms of competing for a championship. I don't know, maybe call up the Los Angeles Clippers, see if they want to trade Kawhi Leonard. But that's another thing. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. But the Golden State Warriors, look, I, I think there's a lot of things you take from this, right? It's first off. This is still a very flawed Warriors team, Ben. I mean, when you're talking about going into that game yesterday, the fact that the Warriors had a negative 33.3 net rating in the minutes in which Steph Curry did not play in the series, that's a problem as you move forward in the postseason. You know, he played 38 minutes, but he was going to get ready to play about 40-45 if they needed to. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. he takes over in the second half. They start to pull away. And if you're going to get performances like what Clay did yesterday, starting one of 10 and starting to kind of even out there in the second half, like this is a pretty flawed Warriors team. So I think if you kind of thought that this was the time where this might start to fall apart, it was understandable. But there are times, you know, you know me, I like a lot of data and analytics and numbers. And there are times where you put those aside and you just look at, hey, I'm a really good player. And I'm going to drag this team by the scruff of their neck, me and Kevon Looney, because Looney was awesome on the glass. And we're going to win this game because we have more experience than the best player on the court. And that's exactly what transpired yesterday. Curry was absolutely fantastic. Kevon Looney setting records for most offensive rebounds in a single quarter by a player. Uh, The first player since Dwight Howard to have three games in a series in which he had over 20 rebounds. Like, the guy's been fantastic, and those two are a really big reason why. They are now set to take on the Los Angeles Lakers in the next round. And it's one of those games where you think from the general... Like the casual betting and just the overall media perspective from the NBA. You watch a, just a transcendent game like a Steph Curry. First ever 50-point game in a Game 7 mm-hmm. in the NBA playoffs. We have the soundbite from head coach Steve Kerr 
that is going to, you know, it's not like people will take this and go even further, but people already in a, in a tizzy over what Steph has done. And as we play the soundbite from Steve Kerr, I'm going to wonder how this will impact the betting markets going forward as people watch what they just saw on a national stage Sunday and how this now turns forward. He doesn't surprise me. Um, we all take him for granted because he's brilliant night after night, and we've been watching this for 10 years. And we just, you know, you just have to remind yourself every once in a while, big picture, this is one of the great players in the history of the game. Um, but that's how I felt um, you know, back when I, in my playing days, you know, with uh, Michael Jordan, you just you'd see it night after night. So you just took it for granted. So that's how it is with Steph. You just it's over and over and over again. And um, the uh, the resilience and the um, the work that goes into that and the focus, um, it's incredible to watch. And especially in a Western Conference, JVT, where the perception has been pretty wide open. There's not one team you feel is dominant than the rest. Isn't this just a natural talking point that now a lot of people will say, all right, we kind of forgot. Golden State, they they have the best player. They have a guy who can take over any playoff game at any time. They're only $1.45 to beat the Lakers in round two. Isn't that a bet? Isn't that kind of the logical reaction you think a lot of people will have in the market? I mean, yes. Yeah, so by the way, Steve Kerr now 19-0 in playoff series versus Western Conference teams. So it does speak to uh, how good this team is once it actually Ridiculous. gets into the postseason. And Seth Curry's a big part of it. But I would say yes, but here's the thing. So I, I think the way you're kind of presenting this right is like, okay, immediate reaction, Warriors, let's go and rush to bet this Warriors team, and maybe there's some public push behind it. But I would say that this series price, you're kind of paying a Lakers tax, right? Because everybody all of a sudden, I mean, I was driving into the South Point yesterday for the show, and one of the national radio topics was, um, are the Lakers the best team in the Western Conference? And it's like, all right, let's pump the brakes they beat, a, they beat a team beleaguered with injuries in the Memphis Grizzlies, right, that they matched up extremely well with. And I'll also say this, too, Ben, because now we have our, fi- our final four teams in the Western Conference. You see the betting odds here. 2-1 to one for the Nuggets, Warriors 250, 290 for the Suns, Lakers a plus 350. You saw a lot of people freak out about the betting odds where the Lakers at one point were the second choice to win the Western Conference. But that was because they were waiting for their opponent. Mm-hmm. So, like, pr- like, the probability yeah. is going to shift there because you don't know who their opponent was. Now, rightfully so, you're saying the Lakers are the fourth-rated team in the Western Conference. They're underdogs in their series to the Warriors for a reason. So I would say to your point, I don't know if this makes people rush to bet the Golden State Warriors. From what I perceive and from what I'm seeing, I think there's a big rush to go and play the Los Angeles Lakers because there's this perception, because they've been playing so well since the All-Star break or since the trade deadline, we'll say, that they are a lot better than they really are, when in reality, I think... They matched up very well with the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think that this is a matchup that might work against them as you get into a best-of-seven with the Golden State Warriors. And that's always what's fascinating. When you get two very publicly bet teams with Mm -hmm. two of the foremost stars in the league, and now they combine forces and go head-to-head, I would think another angle that people will look at, even though you have to pay a tax on this, it's the over five-and-a-half games, which is set at minus 200 at BetMGM. So you're paying a big tax, but because of the flaws that each team has, but because of the star power there, that's, again, another logical reaction JVT to think okay this seems like a series that will be more of the drag it out type type situation you feel like six or seven is is a pseudo lock in this series is there a situation where you see this going haywire and going really south really quickly for one of the two teams I mean it's obviously injury right like if somebody goes down then of course that's going to change things and for the Warriors it's Steph Curry and for the Lakers it's one of LeBron James or Anthony Davis and that is a point to be made here because remember LeBron James is still dealing with that foot injury that he swears he's not going to have surgery on in the offseason and even if he does we'll never know about it and Anthony Davis is banged up as well so I, I would say that this goes haywire in that direction, uh, mm-hmm. Ben, because, of course, uh, they have a little bit of issue, either team, in terms of injury. But this does seem on its surface uh, a very evenly matched series and that one that is going to go relatively long. And the edge goes to the Warriors because they have home court and because I think at this point right now, it's not like the grand scheme of things, but at this point right now, they do have the best player on the court in Steph Curry. No doubt. And game one, too, will be interesting to see what the betting market does, especially what you just said where you have that public perception coming in on, on how good LeBron and the Lakers have looked, and you're sitting at a four-and-a-half-point line on the Warriors coming off this 50-point Steph game in Game 7. And is there a drop-off at all? Do you see the, the one game where the Lakers have that extra rest edge? That, that brings up an interesting point for Game yeah. 1. So that's the thing. So teams coming off of a Game 7 series, 33-51, I think, against the spread in Game 1 of the following series. So like that's, uh, that is something where you're looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, Think about this. You had a game seven. You had to play all that out. You only get one day of rest. Then you got to go right back. You're playing at home, so that is beneficial to you. It's not like it would be a much worse scenario if they had to go to L.A., right? Because we know how strong home court can be in the postseason. So you kind of understand that if the market's going to come in and back Los Angeles, which I think might be the case, it's a really unfavorable situation. So I would also add to that, Ben, 
if you are somebody who believes that the Golden State Warriors can win this series, it might behoove you to sit back and see what happens in game one. Because situationally, it's really tough to turn around after a game seven, then come back and play in a game one with just one day off against a team who's had a couple of extra days to get ready and rested. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that works in the Warriors' favor is that it was a little bit of a smoke show in the second half where they extended the lead pretty quickly at the end of the third quarter, looked like they were running away with it. I mean, garbage time was started at like the 250 mark, three-minute mark of the fourth quarter. So maybe that helps you out in the grand scheme of things because it wasn't really like a high-leverage game for a good chunk of the second half. But it is definitely not the best scenario for the loss or for the Golden State Warriors. Right. Yeah, market opened at four yesterday. As soon as this matchup was announced, some shops immediately go to four and a half, others sitting at four, depending on where you look right now. Total has dropped a little bit from 228 down to a market wide 227 and a half there. And by the way, I want to correct the stat that I gave out. That was straight up. So teams uh, okay. coming off of a game seven series, 33 51 straight up in game one of the following series. And you would presume, though, well, I guess that's probably about the, that's about similar against the spread if you're, if you're presuming. Get, coming off a Game 7 win, yeah. obviously it depends if you're home or, home or road in that Game right. 1. But that's, that is an interesting talking point to, uh, to look at. We'll also talk about the two games for tonight coming up in our next segment. We do have a doubleheader there on the Monday card. But the other interesting piece, and in, talk about injuries, that has been a dominant storyline of these NBA playoffs. Jimmy Butler turns an ankle with yep. five minutes to go, but is able to serve as this, this decoy. Miami continues to find a way somehow, some way. They beat the Knicks by seven. So both underdogs cash yesterday in the NBA. Warriors is a one-and-a-half-point dog under cashes there in game seven of that uh, Warriors and Kings series. And then the, the Knicks come up short, lose by seven at home to the Heat. But now we wonder how effective will Jimmy Butler be? Will he play? How effective will Julius Randle be for the Knicks? And will he play in game two? So here's the thing. The market, I think, is clearly, and I think rightfully so, shading this number as if Jimmy Butler's not going to play and as if you're going to get Julius Randle back there on the floor. It's up to seven in certain spots. The Knicks also fall into the category. We were talking about the scenario right before we came on the air, right? Uh, the team at home losing game one, coming back in game two, generally is a very good bet because of the situations that have taken place. Let me see. I think I've got this in front of me. Uh, let's see. 20. Oh, I think I had this right here. Well, let's see, 12-0 and 0 against the spread the last two seasons in that scenario. Mm. So that, that's it's a short sample size. You don't right. want to make much of it, but it's a strong scenario that a lot of people will bet into. And this is coming from the uh, media availability for the Heat. Heat players who spoke today are preparing with the possibility of having to play without Jimmy Butler. And keep in mind, this is the weird part about the schedule now. They're going to play tomorrow. They have three days off before they play game <laughs> three. So like this, uh, if you're Miami, you've already taken home court. Jimmy yeah. Butler's injured. Give him the day off. You're going to get four days of rest to get him ready for game three back at home. Would make a lot of sense. Maybe if you if you like the Heat for the series, probably don't get involved before game two from a series perspective. Now that it's flipped, Heat now minus one. Or Knicks, I should say, uh, plus 125 to the Heat's minus 150 yep. after the Heat t- take game one. So both games yesterday in the NBA, dog and under. We'll see how that works out for the games tonight. Two games that we'll talk about. A lot for us to get to on this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm Ben Wilson. He's Jonathan Von Tobel. One game in already to our Eastern Conference semifinals. That's the Heat. one nothing lead over the Knicks, as we just talked about. The other series starts tonight, JVT. And yep. while the market did peak last night at Celtics laying 10.5, there has been a little bit of buyback. Doubtful is the tag for Joel Embiid, the superstar for Philadelphia. Any sense that like he could actually give it a go and the Sixers Look, have just been slow playing this thing? Yes, like I, I think absolutely. Like That could totally be the case. The I have gone on this rant many times. The NBA likes to mess around with these injuries, and it's cloak and dagger. And at the very least, we're at least getting injury designations for Joel Embiid, right? Um, so we at least know that he is doubtful to play. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is going to play today. Now, again, doesn't mean he is. The 76ers, if you've kept track of what they've done all season long with Joel Embiid, they have done this even throughout the year. Like he has mm-hmm. of the, I don't know how many games did he end up playing, I'll tell you, but I'll, I'm willing to bet about 75 to 80% of the games in which Joel Embiid played in the regular season. He was listed as questionable going into the game. Doc Rivers played games with his status throughout. So there's two ways to look at it. They're either playing games and that he's ready to go, or they're playing games and that he's never going to play in this series because he's completely unhealthy. But I think it's one or the other. Um, and there's no really like, oh, we really don't know. I, I think they have an understanding of what his status is going to be. So as we kind of look at this, you understand the buyback because there's going to be rightfully some trepidation as to mm-hmm. the, them playing those types of games. But given that, unless you're on either end of the extremes with a number like this, right? Like if you're out there, somebody who laid, I think, what did it open up? You mentioned six and a half, I think, right? Six and a half was the market open. So unless you're laying six and a half of what you got it, like, and you're in a good position there, there's no reason to get involved at this point. There's, you just want to sit back. You want to wait for the information to see whether he's available. You can wait until you're in game. But Ben, I am someone of the mindset and the series preview is up on the website of Eason.com. If you want to check it out, I'm somebody of the mindset who thought even if Joel Embiid was going to be healthy, that this was a series that was going to be relatively quick and in favor of Boston because of the matchups and the advantages that the Celtics have in this mm-hmm. series, right? You have two bodies to throw at Joel Embiid that you're feeling relatively comfortable that you can just sit back and let that happen one-on-one, Al Horford and Robert Williams. You don't have to send doubles at him like the Brooklyn Nets did consistently, allowing then the Philadelphia 76ers to generate 17 and a half wide open three-point attempts per game because that ball was swinging around because they consistently sent doubles and triples at Joel Embiid. So you could sit back and do that. In the regular season, this team went 3-1 and one straight up, 4-0 against the spread against the 76ers, and the one game that they lost, Joel Embiid needed 52 points on 23 of 25 shooting to beat him by two points, yeah. and they didn't have Jalen Brown, and they didn't <laughs> right. have Robert Williams. Like I think this is a matchup that really works in Boston's favor. So given no Embiid potentially, you understand why the market's here, but I do think that the way you can look at this, and there's still some series prices out there, DraftKings still had under five and a half games at about minus 105 as of this morning, or excuse me, minus two and a half games for the Boston Celtics at minus 105. I think that's perfectly playable at a small minus price like that. 
But I just think, regardless of Embiid's status, I think this is a series that very much works in the Celtics' favor. I wonder if there's this, a potential misnomer here where you look at how the Celtics failed to at least originally close out Atlanta in that series. But yeah. you think about how just different of a matchup this is. Yeah. You go from Atlanta to Philadelphia where you know, the Hawks were able to be that little thorn pesky team in the side of the Celtics because they just go into a three-point shooting contest. You get to Jonte Murray going off in a game. Trey Young had his, has his, had his traditional ups and downs. But now you transition that. I don't, I don't think it's really logical to say, well, the Celts kind of struggled closing out a very shaky team at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, so maybe they'll be vulnerable here because it's a totally different matchup. Well, and I think there's two th- points to, to rebut on that, right? The first of which is, if you actually watch those games, my takeaway was a lot of that had to do with Boston kind of going, all right, we're up to nothing. We <laughs> yeah. smoked them. Because like, was, was, I thought it was a, like a nice little microcosm of what Boston was doing. I think it was game five. It might have been game six. But there was a sequence where off of a made free throw, the Atlanta Hawks get the ball inbounded and sprint down court. And Jason Tatum's like jogging and he turns to look and like Trey Young's like right here. He's like, oh, what the hell? And of course they get a transition bucket. Like it was kind of like this lazy nonchalant, like we have control of the series. Let's just get out of here. And the Hawks, to their credit, who are better under Quinn Snyder, uh, took advantage of that. And they extended Mm -hmm. that series out. But you saw at the end of game six when they closed it, when they decided to finally kind of put the clamps down and play like they wanted to, immediately extended that lead out, ended up covering the game, closing out the series. I think this is a Boston team that's going to be very focused for what they want to do here to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because think about it from this perspective, too. Again, you should always be focused, Ben, but it's hard to do that. But you have an opportunity to end a series quickly and wait for what we're assuming is going to be a slobber knocker bloodbath in the other side of the bracket between Miami and New York. And you could sit back and wait. I mean, look at Philly. They've had eight days of rest getting into this series. You want to be that team if you're Boston and you have an opportunity to be that team if you end this quickly. No doubt. And it's a situation now where with the market coming down a little bit today, nine, nine and a half is your consensus number. Total has gone up a point with the thought that potentially Joel Embiid could suit up tonight. Two fourteen and a half and is now the number up from two thirteen and a half and a half about 24 hours ago. 66 games, the number of games that the Joel Embiid played, by the way. 66, yeah. So I'm willing yeah. to bet uh, 60 of those he 60, was listed as questionable. Right. Huh? Just anecdotally, I would say <laughs> you're probably within about a, a half game to a game of that number right. <laughs> just from just from watching it throughout the course of the season. Uh, that is the first of the doubleheader tonight. Game two in the Western semi also gets under underway tonight. Phoenix trying to make some sort of adjustments against the Denver Nuggets who win going away in game one, but you sort of wonder how many adjustments can you really make when you know your team is already centered around two key pieces who looked really good in game one, but you just got nothing out of the rest of the cast. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of things that are interesting about this matchup, right? The first of which is, again, and this kind of played out in the first series against Los Angeles, and this is what the Suns are going to be up against as they kind of move forward. It is the simple math game of we are going to take more threes than you. We're going to make more threes than you. And then the other aspects of the games, we just have to win one or two of those battles. 15 of 30 from three-point range in that game, in that game one for Denver, non-garbage time, six of 19 for Phoenix, okay? So that is something that is going to be, that's going to be an advantage. Now, are they going to make 50% of their shots again? No. But are they going to take more threes and probably make more threes? Yes. So that's an advantage that works in the Denver Nuggets' favor. Jamal Murray is an extremely underrated playoff performer, as we saw in game one. And the Nuggets do have a little bit more depth. And credit to Denver. One of the big questions you had about Denver coming into this postseason was the non-Jokic minutes. What does this bench do when Jokic is not out there? They have a net rating of plus 26.9 without Jokic on the floor in this postseason. They did great against Minnesota. They won the minutes against Phoenix in game one. And if this bench is going to continue to perform like that, you know, not just hit a bunch of threes, but just play well, now you're talking about a Phoenix team, as you mentioned, Ben, has their two players playing about 44 minutes a game in altitude in the fourth quarter of these games? How does that play yeah. out when you're at about 38 minutes already heading into the final quarter of play? I, I, and look at what happened to the fourth quarter of that last one. They won and covered the fourth quarter spread, and they ran away with it, the Denver Nuggets did. So I, I'm really interested in that in-game aspect of as we enter the fourth quarter of this second game, what are the minutes low looks like for Kevin Durant and, and uh, Devin Booker, and will they consistently struggle in these fourth quarters on the road because altitude kind of – negates itself when you're talking about series because you spend your time up there, you practice, you get days off up there, so you kind of get used to it. But when you're talking about playing 40-plus minutes a game and getting into the fourth quarter of these high-leverage affairs, that's got to be tough. Oh, no doubt. And it's a situation where like, Durant and you know, and you have a, a teammate as well uh, in Devin Booker, they still combined. I mean, it was it was solid. It was 56 points in 76 minutes overall. Yep. But the, yeah, the, the bench minutes, it was Denver 37, Phoenix 19 in the second quarter, yep. largely when Nikola Jokic was off the floor. And it's interesting, though, how the market really hasn't changed from game one to game two, where you saw that late steam for Denver Saturday night, got from four to four and a half at close. Total goes over the 228 or so range, but we're pretty much at the same spot for game two. 
I would, I'm curious your thoughts like on the first half line where if you're taking the altitude and maybe the fourth quarter issues and just wearing down if you're playing almost every minute for those Phoenix stars out of it, you expect Phoenix to come out and, and maybe make more of an assertive attempt to get more threes up. If you're Monty Williams and you watch what just happened in the box score and, and also how that game flow played out and you go, all right, maybe a first half look either to the over or just Phoenix in general is the way to go about this? I, I mean, no, because, it, like, look what happened in the, the Clippers series. Like, they didn't really adjust in the Clippers series That's either. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they know what, where their bread is buttered. And if you look at, like, some of the last few games, like, you know, did they shoot a few more? Yes, but, like, the last few games for them against the Clippers, 22 three-point attempts to 36 for the Clippers. Uh, let's see, 35 for the Clippers to 26 for the Suns. These are the last three games. 35 for the Clippers, 26 for the Suns. Like, that's still just going to be part of what they do. And anecdotally, do I buy into wanting to look at the Suns getting off to a better start? Sure. But, like, I was asked that question on Twitter yesterday. My, always, my thing is always, unless you've got, like, a really solid angle and or edge, I would want more possessions for my bet to play out, right? Because yeah. variance can happen over the course of two quarters. Uh, t- completely. And especially with, uh, with a series like this that we've only seen a little bit of the unf- as far as the sample size so far, and Denver has looked very, very solid. Series price has now flipped to minus 170 here on the Nuggets. They've flipped to the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. You were on Denver pre-series, so you're in a good position right now. Is there like at what point would there even be the the buy spot on Phoenix? Because you still have the baked in pre-series number. You're only getting plus 140 down 1-0, and you don't have home court if you're the Suns. I mean, look, so I, this is coming from somebody who took a small piece of the Clippers in that series against Phoenix and bet, bet against them here. I don't think there is a point. I think they're overvalued by the betting market. Yeah. And I think you can actually make the stronger case that Denver with home court up one nothing should be more of a favorite than dollar than a dollar seventy. I think the case you're making here is actually lay a buck seventy with the Nuggets as opposed to taking a dollar forty with the Suns. And you could also make a case like if, if you think this goes south quickly for Phoenix, right. an under five and a half where you're getting still nearly two dollars yep. right now. Yeah, could be an alternate way to look at that as well. I saw the uh, the points rebounds prop is forty three and a half or, or thirty eight and a half or so for Nikola Jokic had forty three in game one. That could be an interesting angle if you believe Denver continues to have a good success in that matchup against the Phoenix Suns tonight. We'll talk more NBA, also some NHL playoffs. Man, what a big upset day yesterday was as Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director at the Brigada, joins us next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. There is a lot to bet on in the next 30 days, and for a limited time, you can subscribe to VEASAN for only $9.99. That gets you insight into daily baseball best bets, NBA, and NHL playoffs, and VEASAN's upcoming Kentucky Derby betting guide. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Also, a top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm Ben. He's John. We have Thomas Gable from the Borgata with us right now, as we do most Mondays here on the Lombardi line. And I'm excited for the, the Kentucky Derby week. We talked about JVT mm-hmm. uh, hosting our, our Kentucky Derby betting preview show on VEASAN Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern with Sean King. Excited for that. And I know TG uh, out on the East coast there at the Borgata TG, you're getting excited for the Derby as well, right? Oh yeah. We're, uh, we're ready for it. It's, it's kind of like Easter Sunday here for us, so it's uh, it's one of the busiest days of the year. So we're we're all set for it. Saturday, can't wait uh, for the the Derby. I believe that is a, like six fifty seven p.m. Eastern post time, John. So get, you're going to be uh, you'll be you'll be coming right off the air. Oh, be three. As, oh, really? Is that late? I thought it was like two. Oh, that's a bummer. I thought it was going to be live for it. No, all right, no. You're I'm not get excited like, you'll anymore. Get like the, you'll get like the three hours of, yeah. of lead up where they tell the life story of <laughs> right, every single yeah. jockey and horse Can't going wait. to man. So you Can't <laughs> wait. cover all that. Uh, Thomas, we were just talking NBA uh, playoffs here. And we'll get into the NHL as well. But uh, what a, what an exciting a couple of days it was over the weekend. We have all of our uh, semifinal rounds now either set or a game in. Uh, what was the most notable thing you saw, at least if we talk just from the Warriors and now Lakers perspective with this big uh, heavyweight matchup here as the Dubs finally get a, uh, find a way to get it done in Game 7. Uh, what's been the initial move there in the betting interest with two of the big superstars in the game now going at it in the West Semis? Yeah, I, I think for me it's the, the series price right now. You know, and you're seeing a, a, some, some variance there in the market. You know, you, you're seeing some places, I think DraftKings is at $1.45 on the Warriors. And then you have places as high as 165 on the Warriors. Uh, we're right in the middle at 155. Uh, so I actually lean more towards that this is a little bit overpriced, that it's a little bit too expensive there on, on the Warriors. Now they do have home court advantage, obviously. Um, but, I mean, the Kings, 
they they gave it a go. Uh, now the Warriors did come out. They were able to uh, prove that they could win on the road, which uh, was kind of the big knock against them coming into the playoffs this year. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting series between these two. Obviously, the Lakers, you know, out where you guys are, there's there's always kind of this Lakers tax because the Lakers are so heavily bet out in Las Vegas. We don't really see that here so much on the East Coast. Um, now, in terms of the future liability for us. Uh, the Warriors are a, a liability to come out of the West, and they're also a liability to win the NBA title. So Lakers are actually a very good scenario for us. If, they, mm-hmm. if the Lakers can somehow get to the NBA Finals, that's a great uh, great case for us, as well as uh, Denver is a very good, uh, a good result for us as well if they can get there. Thomas, will you talk about like the Lakers tax not being that existent. What about just popularity? I figured that this would be the most bet on series, like game to game, overall handle, especially out here on the West Coast. Would that be the same for you out there on the East Coast? Just the star power, Steph Curry, LeBron, Warriors, Lakers, or maybe not so far out there? Yeah, no, it is. It is JVT. It's. It's. I equate it to like kind of the Cowboys or the Packers yeah. in the NFL. That you know they're a very public team, no matter where you go in the country. And the series will be a heavily bet uh, series. Very, um, it's going to be uh, probably the most watched series of uh, of the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we we obviously have still you know two quote unquote local teams out here going in the East with with the Knicks and the Sixers. But yeah, I mean the the Lakers would get bet no matter where you are. And now mm-hmm. obviously Curry and uh, company there with Golden State. I mean they're a name brand uh, as big of a name brand in the NBA as well at this point. Again, Thomas Gable from the Borgata joining us right now. It is the Lombardi line here on VEASAN, uh, talking all things NBA playoffs on a Monday uh, morning here on the West Coast. As far as the the Boston-Philadelphia series, you would think normally kind of in the same vein as, as the Lakers-Warriors, like those are two big uh, big teams, big followings on the East Coast. You'd see a pretty high handle. But how much has that been reduced now with Joel Embiid's injury with a very big spread? Celtics near a $5 favorite there, TG. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're we're actually taking Celtics money, and um, you know, I, you saw the the number move in that series yesterday. I mean, yesterday morning you could have grabbed around three fifty on the Celtics, and now it's up closer to five dollars today. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I will say this uh, for those who don't really follow the Sixers closely and how they do things. Obviously, Embiid has been hurt for uh, playoffs in previous years as well. Uh, if you go back and look to see when he has been listed as questionable or doubtful or even ruled out, there have been a number of times where he has played, even though he's been designated, uh, you know, as doubtful. So would it surprise me tonight a great deal if he plays? No, it would not. Um, now, you've seen already this line come down a little bit today. The Celtics – you know, this morning we're, we're laying double digits, and now it's pretty much nine, nine and a half. And it really moved within the last 90 minutes, an hour or so. Uh, when news started to come out there, he got, uh, he got an injection of plasma into his knee. There was a video that came out of him at shoot-around in Boston without a knee brace on. Now, he wasn't doing much in the video. He was just kind of shooting uh, some jumpers from around the top of the key there. Um, but and not really moving, but uh, I, I think that video enough, it, you know, got some people talking and their possibility. And again, when you go back and look at the Sixers history here of how they have uh, designated Embiid in the past, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, so it, again, I would not be surprised if he does play. Now, if he does, how effective is he going to be? You know, that that's the, the other piece of this whole puzzle. But uh, we, we know that the Sixers are, are well-rested. We've seen James Harden on a nice vacation in Vegas and, and Atlantic City, so he's got a lot <laughs> yeah. of R&R in this past week. Uh, so hopefully he's ready to go. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be up to the Sixers role players here. It's going to be up to uh, – and I, I think Doc is probably going to go with a smaller lineup uh, a lot of times where you'll see Tucker kind of move into that five spot. Um, but, you know, otherwise, if Embiid doesn't go, it's going to be Paul Reed at the center. And uh, I think – the the surrounding cast there has gotten uh, more comfortable playing with Reed. They were at the beginning of the season. A lot of the guys were down on him because of the number of mistakes he would make and mistakes would compound with him. Uh, he has cut back on those dramatically. I think there's uh, a more uh, level of comfort that exists now that wasn't there in the beginning of the year with Reed. 
Uh, but, I mean, it's going to be Harris and Maxi and, and the other guys are really going to have to step up mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and uh, Doc Rivers, Thomas, as you know, more than willing to play those games as well when it came to Joel Embiid's injuries throughout the regular season. So uh, very well spoken on the uh, cloak and dagger stuff the 76ers have pulled all year long with Embiid. Let's go to the other injury. How are you guys handling Miami and New York? Uh, I We were talking about this earlier. I think you're kind of going in with the mindset with three days between games two and three that the Heat are more than willing to rest Jimmy Butler uh, if he's even sure. close to questionable. Is that how you guys are seeing it? Yeah, I, I believe so, and uh, and why not? If you're the Heat, it, it makes total sense uh, there. And you know, Butler has been been the reason that they are where they are right now. So uh, would make total sense if they do play it a little bit cautious here and rest him. And you've seen the uh, the line move now pretty much up to seven everywhere uh, with the Knicks laying it for uh, tomorrow night. Again, Thomas Gable from the Borgata joining us right now on the Lombardi line. Let's transition TG to the NHL playoffs. You get the two. Big underdogs, especially with the Florida Panthers knocking out favorites in Game 7's historic collapse for Boston, leading 3-1 as the President's Trophy winners. How has that shaken up the whole futures market, and what has that done on your liability, at least from your end there at uh, the Borgata? Well, it was very big. Now, in this, for the series price, you know, in the, as far as decisions as what the NHL series goes, um, probably the biggest uh, decision we had was in the, the Leafs and the Lightning series. Uh, which didn't go our way. There really wasn't too much of a decision in that Bruins series, but what it did do was eliminate all that Boston liability. In fact, we had um, a guy, I think maybe two weeks ago, come in, put down 50,000 on them to win the cup. Uh, like, I guess he got around plus 350 or something at the time, what they were around. So, uh, I mean, they were, they were by far, you know, our biggest liability to win the cup just because of how they looked uh, all year. I mean, they had one of the all time great seasons in NHL regular season history. So uh, to have them eliminated was huge in terms of the future book. Um, you know, we'll see now what happens there uh, in the East, but yeah, I mean, the NHL playoffs, uh, the game seven tonight, this has been the big series for us, obviously kind of with two local teams again, kind of going at it uh, where these games between the Rangers and the devils, there have been times where they've outhandled NBA playoff games. So mm, uh, there's a, a very strong fan base in this area for both uh, the Rangers and the Devils. Uh, Rangers would be a better result for us to, to come out of this series, but um, we'll, we'll see uh, how it goes tonight in Game 7. Now, pretty much a pick him tonight. Devils, the slightest of favorites yes. there at home in Game 7. Again, he is Thomas Gable, director of the Racing Sportsbook at the Borgata. TG, is always great to catch up with you, the man. P- appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, guys. At least that uh, $50,000 bet, JBT, makes me feel better about my Bucks minus 190 series bet when they were up 2-1, oh, which boy. I just filed away in the pantheon of all-time t- all losing bets. Yeah, you're right. But feel good. I did not throw 50000 on it. So. If I did, I probably wouldn't be. But it's just a half unit for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Then I, In that case, I played like a 1,000 yeah. of a unit, definitely. All right, hour number two, Lombardi line coming up with Von Dalzell next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, laces up with a playoff parlay insurance offer. Place a one-game parlay of four legs or more and get back a bonus bet up to $25 if you miss one leg. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and parlay selection features throughout the postseason. Log in now or sign up and opt in to get back up to $25 in bonus bets if one leg in your one-game parlay falls short. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 and over. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Ben Wilson back with Jonathan Von Tobel. And pour one out for Stormy, by the way. Did you see she had the, she had the series price parlay? No, what was it? It was a it was a four leg uh, NHL series price parlay, and all four of her teams had three one series leads. And she put up a poll on Twitter going, "Which one of these blows it?" Boston Bruins got like four percent of the vote. Nice. <laughs> Boston blows it three one. Wow. Like, what are you gonna do? It's tough. What are you gonna? Do? That's a historic collapse. Sorry, yep. Stormy. That's that's really that's really too bad. What a shame. Anyway. We move on uh, with, with uh, more NBA and some MLB insights here. We have uh, MLB, actually, the Monday card starts in about 20 minutes with the Mets and Braves. They've been washed out the last two days, so they have a doubleheader. And we'll talk some baseball here coming up, as well as NBA playoffs with Vaughn Dalzell, NBC Sports Edge betting analyst. Great to see you, as always, Vaughn. We have a couple of good NBA games on the docket for tonight. How are you attacking this Miami, uh, at least uh, going ahead to tomorrow here with this Miami and, uh, and Heat situation, or Miami and Knicks situation, with the Jimmy Butler injury and all the uncertainties surrounding that series. Yeah, I'm definitely, oh, thanks for having me, by the way, guys. Definitely excited to be back here. And it's going to be a good day of sports. I'm glad we got day baseball because you hate whenever it's a weekday and we don't have anything worth watching. But for the Heat and Knicks series, uh, this is one I'm probably going to have to jump on pretty early because if Jimmy Butler is rolled out, I expect a lot of these numbers to change. Uh, The Knicks spread may move a little bit, but I'm looking more at the over-unders. Uh, when I say that, I think the under could move down as well as the team totals. And you saw Miami really struggled in the first half of game one. Uh, 21 points in the first quarter uh, before they went on a little late run there to get to 50 points, trailing by five at the half. We know Knicks, the best against the spread team in the first half of the NBA. They're also the second best against the spread when it comes to being the home team uh, in the first half. So those are really the angles of how I'm looking at this game. The Heat's right now at 15 and a half points for the first half. That may seem really low, but depending on what line you got in that last Knicks game, uh, they are 6-0 and to the first half unders this season. So uh, that is a train that I think is still worth riding. And at 110 for the first half total, uh, I think that's definitely where I'm probably going to put my money is going under that, or at least the Miami Heat team total under. All right, let's go to uh, the other one. Let's, I, I'm really interested in we're talking about the games later today. First off, how you approaching 76ers and uh, the Joel Embiid situation? You just kind of guessing like, hey, you know what? Screw it. He might play. Let's go here. Yeah, he might play. Uh, I mean, he was at shoot around today, and I know it definitely seems, I mean, the doubtful tag is there for a reason. But we've seen Joel Embiid play 
in past series, whenever he's had these injury tags, he's played through meniscus tears and uh, different things in his ankles or fingers. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's been banged up his whole career, and he hasn't been a guy that's played much in the second round. But you look back at historically, I mean, these two teams have met a lot. Uh, the Celtics swept the Sixers a few years back, and then back in 2017, uh, Celtics won 4-1 to and beat played in both those series, and he was also banged up. Uh, but you look at what the Sixers role players have done. I mean, I know it was the Nets, but you got Harris averaging 20, Maxi 21, Harden with a 17-8-5 line. Uh, they definitely have enough firepower to get the Celtics. And the Celtics, I mean, to be honest, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're the least dangerous, I think, in game ones. Uh, they're 3-3 three and three in game ones in their last six of those. And uh, this tag of minus 10 is pretty lofty. I know it's because Embiid's real doubtful, but uh, I'm going to take a flyer here on the Sixers plus the 10. If Embiid's in, obviously, uh, this looks a lot better. Uh, but I think there is potential here for the Sixers to stick around. At the very least, Vaughn, good numbers since that has come down. Nine and a half, nine. And if it is Embiid, you would think JVD probably closes. What This opens six and a half, so probably, what, seven? If Embiid yeah. plays? Yeah. yeah, like seven and a half. Yeah. You probably, yeah. probably knock the rating a bit, right, Vaughn, considering he's not fully healthy. So Yeah, makes sense. So yeah, Vaughn taking yeah. a stab. I, I like it. Yeah, I think this spread's pretty on point. I mean, Boston's won four games by 8-8, eight, 13-13 eight, and 13 this year. All the times they've played the Sixers in the playoffs and they've won, they've been by mostly single-digit games. Uh, so, you know, these two teams just know each other very well. Uh, the couple of guys that used to play for each other's teams, too. So uh, I think it's just going to be a competitive series all around, and whether or not Joel Embiid plays or not. As far as the other, the other action, at least we go to tonight here in the nightcap, Suns and Nuggets, make the case for Suns getting off to a better start, at least trying to make some adjustments and look better than they did game one in that blowout loss to Denver. Yeah, I mean, that was a tough second quarter for the Suns. Uh, I mean, the first quarter, they looked great. I had the Nuggets first quarter and first half uh, money lines. The first quarter lost by one because uh, the Suns made a run there at the end before the Nuggets just totally took over. And this game, I, I think it may have something to do with the altitude in the first quarter. That was kind of my angle of liking the Nuggets early. In the NBA playoffs, I'm sure a lot of people come in here and tell you guys all about that zigzag theory, uh, going from one team to the other, taking the loser in the next game. And that is kind of how I approach the NBA for the most part. A team like the Celtics we just talked about, they're much better to bet on coming off a loss. They're already 2-0 ATS on the money line. Last year they went on a ridiculous run coming off losses as well in the postseason. So that's kind of how I approach betting the Celtics. For the Suns here, this is a very talented team that I expect to be in the NBA Finals. So I do think there's a bounce-back game here. But I like the first half plus 2.5 for the Suns. I lean that team total over 54.5. I think they're going to come with a better game plan. And every, every time a team struggles coming out the gate in the first or second quarter and they go down the series, that's normally the angle of attack I like approaching that team in game two. With Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, all these veterans, I like the Suns here uh, in the first half at least. And I'll approach them how I need to in the second half. All right, let's stay with uh, the Western Conference then. We get the series price opener. Some spots are pretty low, dollar twenty in favor of the Golden State Warriors. Other spots as high as minus 145. Uh, what are you expecting in this matchup and first thoughts on what the series is going to look like here? I mean, I'm definitely in a toss-up for game one here. This may be the only game that I'm probably going to pass on here in the next couple of days. Uh, from a spread standpoint, I want to take the over at 228 because I don't really believe in the Lakers' defense. And there's going to be a lot of mismatches here. Kayvon Looney has been an outstanding uh, guy down low with the reboundings the past two seasons in the playoffs, or past two times appearances in the playoffs, I should say, for the Warriors. Uh, but I definitely think that this is going to be another elongated series. I think the NBA is going to want this one to go six or seven games. This is probably who they wanted out of everybody. Uh, but in the player prop market, it's probably the way I would attack this if I do bet this game. Steph Curry has just been outstanding. I mean, I don't see him slowing down. Him 30 points in a same game parlay of the Warriors spread has been kind of how I approached a lot of these games. Last game, I had 30 points in the Warriors plus 10. That was pretty laughable. Um, so I think that might be a way that I approach this game once again. Uh, I think the best discount is on the player props. I don't think the side uh, is something I want to touch in game one. Yeah. What was the number you saw the Kevon Looney thing, JVT, where Sacramento had, they had their, one of their beat reporters just getting raked through the coals for saying oh, that he, Looney versus Sabonis would not even be close. at uh, Sabonis <laughs> being taken out of a, a series by uh, Kevon Looney, and uh, obviously we know that that and is that totally the case. Kind of. <laughs> I got to have it. Uh, yeah. you can give him a file at Money Sports. Betting analyst there for NBC Sports joining us right now here on the Lombardi line. Before we let you out of here, Vaughn, let's transition to Major League Baseball. There is some day baseball again about to start. Spencer Strider, a huge favorite here in the first of that doubleheader yeah. for the uh, the Braves and the Mets. But for later tonight, 
Yankees a little bit banged up. Aaron Judge likely out of the lineup. Domingo Herman goes there for the Yankees against the Cleveland Guardians here. So even though the Yankees are favored, you have Cal Quantrill on the mound tonight. How are you looking at this one in the Bronx? Yeah, I think a lot of people, I mean, I've seen a lot of the draft bet splits or the, a lot of the DraftKings FanDuel bet splits have a lot of people taking the Yankees here on the money line. And there's a lot of red flags. I mean, they're obviously banged up, but the last time Herman went against the Guardians, I, he walked five batters, had no strikeouts, only lasted three innings, almost 90 pitches. Uh, and I just, he's just a guy I'm not very confident in backing, especially as a favorite, opposed to Kyle Contrell, who uh, really thrives as a dog. But on the road this year, they are 3-0 and on the money line when he pitches in those games. Uh, and last year, he pitched pretty well, allowed six hits and three or runs against New York, went 6.1 innings. Uh, I think that he can do similar results here, but a little better against an injury-riddled lineup. So uh, I'm going to fade the Yankees here and take the Guardians plus 110 on the money line. If you can get them on the run line around plus one and a half, uh, minus 150 or better, I'd also approach that because a lot of the series games that these teams have played, it's been a one-run series or one-run um, final here, and they're both on losing streaks. So I think this will be a great game, but I'm winning mm-hmm. with the underdog here. Seeing the best uh, run line pressure. Now, minus 160 in the market, but you can get uh, Guardians as high as $1.25, 26 Vaughn. So it'll be a good uh, good way to like sweat that. out a Monday of the baseball card. JVT and I over here, we we're just we we're complaining about our fantasy teams early because, you know, that's, that's right. Let's get this Braves thing on because I've got what, Matt Olson. He's got a doubleheader. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. David, you're about to move up six spots today in your, right. in your Roto League. Just, it, on, just on Matt Olson alone. <laughs> All right, Vaughn, great to see you as always. Thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, and best of luck today. Thank hey, you. Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sitting here, like, going through the waiver wire, like, who, who can I add? Who can I add? Uh, when you're in a deep league that's, got, always, a, that's got keepers Until and a time. dynasty, uh, the answer is usually not many guys, JBT. I, I just um, pick them up. You know. I will not admit to maybe doing that throughout the show. That's so. <laughs> fine. We're looking at – I mean, that's part of betting. We're looking at lines. We're looking Tell at Tell you what, man. Players. Ezekiel Duran for Texas has been playing well since Seager's been out. Just saying. Okay. There you go. Dropping, dropping little nuggets all over the place. So thanks to Thomas Gable and Von Dalzell for hour number one. Our guests will have Thor Nystrom, Mike Pritchard coming up in hour number two as we dive into our thoughts on the NFL draft, our favorite and least favorite draft classes when we return to the Lombardi line. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.